Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornson, owner of Jack's 47 Mobile Bars. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today we have Nikki Whitehead with East West Vintage Rentals. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So one of the first questions I like to ask is, what's your favorite beverage? Well, now that the weather has turned cold a little bit, um, red wine, mm. that's my go-to. I'm a very seasonal drinker, so I totally yes. that. Yeah. Is, yes. it, is it like, you know, once the Equinox hits, you're like... Boom. Put away the, yes. the whites and let's go switch to reds. Exactly. It is like clock. It is like clockwork. Yes. I was like last week I was drinking some whites and then the, you know, the weather started cooling and I'm like, I need my red. Your body started signaling to the, it's red now. time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want anything to do with white wine anymore. I feel you. I'm like that way with certain cocktails, you know, anything that has like bourbon or apple cider in it. I'm like, that's a fall drink for me, you it's know, that's, that's, it feels right. Whereas in the summertime, I love making, you know, like watermelon habanero margaritas or, you for know, sure. like bright and spicy and fruity. Uh, yeah. So I get it. I totally get it. Yep. So Nikki, uh, how, like, I just don't understand how people get started in all the businesses that they take on. And I'm always curious to hear their stories, especially in the wedding industry, because it happens to be an accident half the time. Yeah. Uh, with rentals, like I'm just kind of picturing it. I could see you ha- like collecting a few really cool vintage sofas and then being like, oh, why don't I rent these out? But tell me, how did you get started? Sort of, sort of. I come from a long line of vintage hoarders and I've been collecting vintage stuff since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I had my first child, this was like in 2012. Um, I was, I was a graphic designer before I was a business owner. And, um, after I had my first baby, I was sort of looking for a change. It was just ready for a change. And I had come across, um, other people renting out vintage items for weddings. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's like a job. I think I'm born to do this. Like I already have half the stuff in my house anyway. Like, yes, I can go find vintage China and then rent it to people. And, and East West was born. It's a match made in heaven. Really. I was like, Oh my gosh, I love it. And I've, I've always loved events. I've always been involved in like putting on events. And in my twenties, I did wedding flowers. Um, and yeah, when I came across in the industry, then say what you already had experience in the wedding industry. Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. Um, I did. I was doing all of my friends, um, wedding flowers mm-hmm. and, you know, in my twenties when everybody was getting married, my roommate and I, um, we did all of our, our friends' weddings. Nice. But nice. yeah. So East West was born. And you got the name from your location in Asheville, is that correct? I did. Yeah. yeah. East West. <laughs> we're the east side of West Asheville, and we were we were on the side of town when nobody else was on this side of town. How long have you been in that space for? 
I've been using the space that I'm in since 2013. Oh, so yeah, seven years. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's been East West Vintage Rentals that whole time. For the most part, yeah. The the space that is now East West used to be like a church slash community space. Mm. Um, that was only that for maybe like a year ish. Um, and that's how I was able to, I was able to use the building to store my, my vintage collection that was growing. I see. Okay. And then you took it over. And then I took it over. Got it. Got it. And you just recently expanded again from what I hear. (laughs) I did, but that's supposed to be what, what's new. What's, what's my next step. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll talk about that later then. Um, so Nikki, you've been doing it for, for seven years now. Yeah. Uh, You know, you've, you've been through, I'm sure a lot of weddings and seen a lot of things. What's your, uh, kind of biggest challenge in this industry, uh, whether it's being a business owner, whether it's being a vintage rental, uh, company owner, you know, what's, I feel like the challenges for me are like, like my own personal challenges. Like how do you stay organized with all your stuff Mm -hmm. and, and have systems that work well so that you can streamline the weekends and your stuff and make everything run smoothly. Mm -hmm. That's where my challenges come in because I am not naturally an organized person and you have to be to do what we do. And so it's just, I'm constantly at war with myself. (laughs) I, oh man, you, yeah, you definitely (laughs) struck a chord in me because that's something that I think about a lot. And I recently hired an assistant so that she could just get my ass in line. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I'm just not good at holding myself accountable for developing systems and processes. And I thought, you know, the only way I'm going to move forward is by having someone else there and I didn't want to spend, you know, two grand a month on a coach or whatever, you know, like I didn't want to sure. have it be external. I was like, no, I think having someone inside would be good. But luckily is a situation where she can only, she can work part time for me and be happy with that, you know, given yeah. her situation. So, um, so I, I totally agree. And I, I think it's, it's super important because, you know, it's not like other businesses where we, we can be late or we can be, we can delay, you know, like we have to execute on the yeah. day of at the right time or else the event doesn't happen as it should. For sure. So it's not like other things where it's like, oh, you know, the dry cleaning is a couple of days late or the, right. you know, you're, you're, you're doing a logo for someone and it's a week late or whatever. Mm-hmm. This, this stuff, we have to be on time and have everything there, you know, like, it, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So, so what are you doing now to actively, improve your systems and processes? Are you like reading any business books or are you (sighs) taking any courses or classes or? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thankfully, I have my husband to help me. He and I do this together now. Um, And he is more organized than I am. And God bless the man. I mean, he puts up with a lot from me because I'm just constantly just bringing in bags of stuff that I've acquired. And he's like, (laughs) oh my God, ladies. Um, so he, he is currently taking on the, uh, complete reorganization of our back storage area, um, so that we can, we can function 
Yeah, because you you have a lot of items to deliver. You know, it's uh, like I, I yeah. thought I my stuff. I thought my stuff was complicated. I just deliver one truck with six kegs. Sure, you might be delivering. You know, 150 pieces of glassware plus three couches like, plus this and that and, and like other. 50 brass candlesticks and then like you know a hundred china plates and the silverware and it's just woo. yeah that's a lot a um, lot it's a lot so so your husband what's his name again i know i met him a couple steve. times steve steve yeah steve i've seen i know we uh we did the ferris wheel wedding together so yes um i saw y'all there and I'm sure I've seen him at some networking. Yeah. Life yeah, parties. yeah, yeah. Um, is so are, y- are y'all both full time at East West together? We are. And yep. he doesn't have another he doesn't have another gig? He doesn't uh no, he used to. He was in social work for a long time. Yeah. And got burnt out in that field, as many wonderful social workers do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came on. Yeah. He's, he's, we're both full time at East West and he's my delivery guy and my logistics guy and my handyman and okay, my dishwasher. I mean, he's just, you know, <laughs> well, I love that. I mean, I think that's, you know, they say there's something to a couple being in business together Yeah, that strengthens the relationship. Um, yeah. And if you can make it in that, it's a strong bond, I would think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a fun, we're having fun. We definitely have our challenges working together, yeah. um, but it's more fun than it's than not. Well, it's not like you're sitting in an office together, like having oh, to yeah. be together all the no. time. Like he's probably other places, like you, he's delivering and you're talking on For the phone, sure. right? So For sure. I could see that being a good balance in this industry, whereas if they're, like my parents who are divorced, they were uh, both like they had their CPA firm. So they were like in the same office all the yeah, time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I, that would be tough. But, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but having, you know, a good synergy is is awesome. And I'm, I'm, I didn't know that. I just thought he was helping out that one day. So, that's you know, so man, cool. he's helping out every day. That's so cool. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So, Nikki, I asked you about the challenges. You know, it seems like you've got some things to figure out internally. Um, what about what about what what you love about your business? What are some things that you've really enjoyed um, throughout the years doing? Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that in my job description, I have to go and acquire vintage inventory, like thrift shopping, is my job. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about my job. It's the shopping. And the acquiring of all the fun things. Mm. Um, also, like we were talking about, my husband gets to work with me. So it's fun that we are kind of creating a family business and um, our kids come over. All the, I mean, they're either at our house or at our space. And um, it's been that way since they were babies. And uh, it's fun that we're just a... Little little family business over yeah. here. We'll give them a um, they'll really be able to help out, right? Yeah, I know. My son, his he's almost ten, and so uh, he's 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 learning some things. And my daughter, she'll uh, she'll dust all the shelves for me, and you know, little things like that. So okay, it's, so it's a lot of fun. You can tell me if 
uh, you don't want to answer, but do you pay them? <laughs> my, <laughs> my uh, yeah, I, I have to bribe them. Like, you know, I, I don't pay much though. If, if she'll like, like dust a whole shelf and like, I'll give you a dollar. That's a lot of money to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I like She's that. six, you know, like, Oh yeah. No, that'll, that'll add up. That'll become a car someday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Nikki, you've lived in Asheville for how long? Oh my gosh. I've lived here for 23 years. Veteran. I am. Where'd you move from? <laughs> um, I moved from Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. Uh, I moved to Asheville to go to college. So I came here in 1997 to go to UNCA. And I never left. <laughs> what did you do major in over there? I was an art major. Okay. So that's yeah. aesthetics are, are very important to you. Yeah. I've um, always aesthetics. I've always had the creative bend. But you never thought you'd be in the wedding industry. Well, funny enough, you know, when I was when I was an art major at UNCA, I learned pretty early on that fine art was not really where my talents were. Um, it was just the most creative field that I could major in at UNCA at the time. Um, and it was toward the end, um, like my senior year, I was really getting into like, put, I just loved events and gathering people together and hosting parties and doing flowers. And I really saw myself going into the wedding industry. I, I would tell people, I'm like, yeah, I'm an art major, but I think I'm going to probably be like a event planner. Um, and that's really where my interest grew is just toward events and gathering people mm -hmm. and weddings. And I remember um, in my early twenties, like even as I was exiting college, my friends and I would dream about like, wouldn't it be cool if we all had businesses on Haywood Road, which was still just developing at that point. Like there was only a few businesses on Haywood Road at that point. And I was like, it'd be so cool if I had like an event venue on Haywood Road. And I'm like saying this when I'm 24. Wow. And um, it's really cool that that is actually, I actually do have an event venue on Haywood Road yeah. after all these years. You need to you need to be one of those testimonials for the um, what is it the power of the secret or the secret or what <laughs> one of those like um, <laughs> one of those books that talks about willing things into the universe. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could be you could do that. I can see you now. Um, <laughs> so you did. Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people I talk to are like, yeah, I never thought I'd be in the wedding industry. You know, never even crossed my mind. And the same thing was the case for me. So to sure. you, you in college actually thought that is, is pretty amazing. Um, but you said that you were thinking more alongside of the, the planner realm. Is that just simply because you didn't know that? Yeah, I didn't know. Like, business? honestly, oh my, if yeah. you had told me back then, like, Nikki, you are going to have an event venue that is going to be full of vintage treasures that you have sourced from all over and you get to rent them out to people and do wedding flowers. I would have been like what? That job is like a real thing. That's, that's like, it was made for me. Yeah. Isn't I wouldn't have believed it. I mean, I don't think like one of my, I don't mean to be negative Nancy, but one of my frustrations with the educational system is they don't really teach you to like dream of your dream job. Right. All you think of right. is what you see like in your immediate reality. So for me, I was like, all right, I could be a football coach. 
or a bas- basketball coach. <laughs> it's like, that's like the, those are the <laughs> only jobs that I see that I would be interested in, right? Um, and yeah. yeah, you know, 10-year-old Bryce is a lot different from 32-year-old Bryce. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people, kids don't realize the 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 crazy jobs that are out there. I mean, you could go, to, like, I didn't know you could get paid to make so much money fishing salmon up in Alaska. You know, like, that's sure. a job. That's some people's full-time jobs only for a few months out of the year. Like, sure. and for me, like, I'm, you know, I drive vintage trucks around pouring drinks off the side of these trucks. Like, they, they don't teach that in school. <laughs> so, sure. um, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that maybe... I should send a link to this podcast to all the teachers in the uh, <laughs> in like high school. I mean, like, yeah. hey, you know, like, and tell your tell your students that there's a whole big world out there. I mean, you could be a a travel agent for luxury properties in Mexico. You could be a you know, yeah, you could manufacture well, leather goods for people. You know, like, I mean, there's just it's so true. Much. But you know, think about like when I was a kid. I don't know if this job specifically how I'm doing it existed. And so, just think about jobs that you can create for yourself. Yeah. In the future, you know, like as technologies change and interests change and the world changes, there are jobs waiting to be created. Totally. Yeah, you're right. And you're, uh, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> I did. I mean, yeah. Did, did you start any other businesses? I mean, you talked about the flower, uh, you know, doing some flowers uh, in your 20s. Did you have any other businesses before this or was this kind of your first real business baby. I would say this is my first real business. I've, I come from an entrepreneurial family. My parents, um, owned retail shops growing up when I was, when I was young. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did not grow up watching my parents like go to a traditional job. Like my mom and my dad did a business together. They worked from home and then grew it into, um, you know, like five different retail shops. And, uh, the, Tennessee area. Uh, I lived in Knoxville when I was a kid. Um, so that's, I grew up entrepreneurial and, um, as a kid, I always had a really hard time pinpointing what I wanted to do. I didn't have a really strong sense of who I was going to be when I grew up. And I just knew that I was creative. I enjoyed interior, like interior design could have been a thing or, um, just anything in create that allowed creativity and atmosphere and gathering people together. I just knew all of that was important to me, but you know, um, I didn't know what to do with that. And so when I went to college, like I was saying, art was the only field that seemed to fit somewhat of my interest, but it didn't fully fit it. Um, and then out of school, I, I did do, I did flowers on the side. I did graphic design, both for a company and then just on my own, I would develop logos for people. Um, so I feel like I've always had a side hustle. Yeah. Oh, like First time you really I, invested in some property or, you know, space, I guess, and really went Yeah, hard. but it, it even, but it really did just kind of start as a kind of a hobby. Like I, I did it not fully knowing like, is this thing going to even really take off? And is this going to be anything? Like maybe this is just another kind of hobby that I'm pursuing, you know, that would only be a part-time thing. I was still, when I, when I started, I was still doing graphic design. I had some graphic design 
or say what for another company or were you uh, at that point i think when i started the business i think i was just a freelance designer okay yeah because i was also a um i had had my first child and then the year i found the year of my sister my sister and i started the company um i found out i was pregnant with my second so you know just growing a little family and growing a little business and just kind of doing it yeah yeah well some, with no real goal just doing it I, I think some people uh you know say that you shouldn't have this big old business plan before you start a business and all that and i just i couldn't do it i if i had done a business plan i wouldn't have started the business it's true same for me i mean i I think for me, I kind of have to just fall into things and make it work yeah. as I go and let it develop into what it should be. Cause you can really overthink a lot of things and talk yourself out of things and mm. never do anything. Exactly. Sometimes you just well, have to just do it. Idea of the paralysis analysis or analysis. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. think about it all and you're like, Oh wait, that would go wrong. And this would go wrong, you know? And, I just think experiential learning is the best way to move forward and test things out, you know, and see if it For sure. fits, you know? Um, so Nikki, I want to get back a little bit to the technical side of your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone reaches out to you and says, Hey, we like your stuff. We want to book you as a vintage rental company. Yeah. Um, does that, I, I feel like it could go two different ways. Either they trust you to kind of bring the th- right things and put it where you think you should. And then I could also see those uh, 3D models with, you know, sofas being arranged via a click on your computer. So can you tell us a little more about how that process looks? Yeah, we're not that high tech yet to do a 3D <laughs> model for anybody. <laughs> um, but the way it generally works is, people will look at our website and it does have a good portion of our inventory on there. Like I said, I like to shop a lot and buy things. And so I can't keep up with the pictures of what I'm buying and the inventory online, but people can look online and kind of get a sense of what we have. And they can email me a list of things they'd like for their wedding And then I can put a contract together for them based on that, or they can set appointments and come in and see the stuff. And then we set up a contract and send it over to them. It's usually one of those two things. They can come in and and check everything out. Mm -hmm. Um, And do people typically get all their rental stuff from you or do they get maybe a few couches from you and something else from someone else? You know, like do they kind of piece it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like classic event rental is involved in almost every wedding in Asheville on some level, just because they almost have to be like, you know, if you're getting a tent, you're not going to get a tent from me and we don't do linens. So if you want napkins or tablecloths, you're going to have to get them from classic or another company. Um, But it's just really a mix. I know that oftentimes people will maybe just get a sofa set from us and then they get all of their tableware from classic. Um, sometimes people just get all the tableware from us and, um, the farm tables from us, Mm. but they get their chairs from classic. It's just a mix all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. I always wonder about how that, how everyone interacts 
with the rentals, you know, cause for me, it's usually I'm, I'm the only bar provider. You know, there've been a couple of weddings where there's been another bar, but usually it's like, I'm doing all that. So with rentals, it seems like you do kind of have to piecemeal because a lot of vintage places don't carry the big, like either they don't carry volume or they don't carry tents or, you know, they don't. Sure. Yeah. I just uh, think to pull off a cohesive event, you, you do have to have a mix, Yeah. you know, but I know that we have, there have been several weddings where we are just the only rental company on site. You know, it just depends on, depends on the wedding. Exactly. So you started about seven years ago and your main focus was kind of weddings in the beginning. Is that right? It always was weddings just because in other parts of life, I don't see people renting this stuff, you know, like you don't really need a Victorian sofa and lounge set for a birthday. Yeah. We would certainly rent to your birthday, but most people don't, you know, the, the break. Yeah. The breakdown of events. Like I've, I've done maybe three or four birthday parties you know, or booked three or four, whereas I've booked mm-hmm. you know, 80 to 90 wedding receptions or, you know, yeah. like, uh, the ratio is so different. So I, it's kind of just, um, by our, by the function of being in Asheville, <laughs> you know, it's true. And honestly, you know, when I started, I think I got my start when the weddings were on the rise in Asheville, because what, what, Asheville has not always been the wedding destination it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, back in my early 20s, like when my friends were getting married, we did not have these men, as many options as where we're going to get married. There were like four venues to choose from. Oh, wow. And that was it. And like, so the wedding scene was not huge here. But I think when I got started is when the wedding industry was on the rise. And so I just was able to kind of ride that the wave, which was really great. It, I think it was part of the reason why I've been so successful. Yeah. I, it's, it did seem to pick up what, like in the mid 2010, you know, like 2015. For sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I only started t- two and a half years ago, <laughs> but that seemed to be kind of like a lot of venue vendors were starting a couple of years ago as well. Um, mm-hmm. Since then I've just seen many venues pop up and other businesses. Oh, it's wild. It is wild. I mean, my gosh, like we had the option of like, you could have a wedding at the Renaissance ballroom or on Broadway downtown. That was the cool space because that was the only like downtown mm. event space. Yeah. Um, there was like, I think Claxton farm was mm-hmm. running then. And then, I mean, maybe one other one, but that was, pretty much it. Like there were, there was not a lot to choose from. Now there's like on Haywood road, there's like three or four. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like, and like, you know, how many barns are, are wedding venues now? And yeah. it's great. It's great. Well, given all the that's gone on in Asheville with weddings and the industry, what advice would you give to couples who are looking to tie the knot in the area? Oh, like, Oh, I would say just, Get some good vendors, which I have to say, we have a lot of good vendors in town. I really, I feel very proud of our wedding community. Um, And I don't think that people can go wrong, too wrong. You know, like there's so many great people to choose from. And um, I think if they can just get some good wedding vendors who can help steer them in the right direction, um, I think they'll be great. Yeah, I agree. Vendors are what make it all happen. 
you know, finding finding people that are a good fit for you, I think is really important. Um, that's something that I talk a lot about on the podcast is Mm -hmm. finding folks that you vibe with because if you vibe with them, they'll likely vibe with your guests and the guests are, uh, you know, the guest experience is somewhat dependent on the vendors, right? The ones that interact with them. Like it's your, your business is different from mine because our, our staff has a lot of interaction with the guests, right? You do. Um, I know. But for you, it's more about that working with the client. So making sure that you and the client really vibe together because there's a lot just like with a planner that's going to go back and forth. Yeah, I know. I am envious of of you guys that get to actually be at the wedding and get to see the whole thing. Like that's one, that's one part of my job that I do wish I could be there to see it all unfold because we just will drop the stuff off, set it up, leave before any action happens. And then we come back after it's all over and like, take it away. And I do love, I love a good wedding. I love it all but we don't get to see it all. Hey, if you and Steve look good in suspenders, you can be, you know, some bartenders. We could, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to, I would love to do that just to interact with the, with the wedding people. Cause I miss it. I do miss that. Yeah, it is. It is a fun aspect of it. And it's, it's interesting you say that because I feel not as connected to the couple as like the photographer. Mm. No, like you see the photographers getting like notes from their couples, you know, thank you so much. (laughs) We love you. And like going out to lunch, you know, when they're in town, all this stuff. And I'm friendly with my couples, but I don't develop that intimate connection that the photographer does. Sure. Compared to you that you interact with the couples, but you never see the actual wedding. So it's really really interesting to think about uh, the different vendors. Their level of interaction with the business. It's true. We all have, we, we do all have different um, relationships with our couples. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, have you noticed that most of your couples are local or they destination couples coming from Florida or New York? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of, we have a lot of destination yeah. folks, um, but maybe it's half and half. Yeah, I but don't quote me on that because I don't know. I won't. Quote it. I mean, it, it's on the podcast, but I won't. Yeah. yeah, I think that I think that's about where I'm at. I've actually started to go into my uh, like master list of projects and note, you know, local or destination, just just because it's good to know for me, like where are people coming know. from, and it's it's really been interesting to see a lot of people come from Florida. Yeah. Uh, a lot from Florida. I feel like a lot from just other parts of North Carolina. Yep. Raleigh, a lot of Raleigh mm-hmm. and Charlotte. Yep. Um, uh, what else? You know, not a lot of people like from Virginia though. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. You know, it's, it's, it's usually they're like, like Asheville is kind of like middle. It's like midway between their venues or, or their, not their venues, their, um, their houses. Like let's say the, the groom's family, lives in Ohio and the, yeah. the other groom or the bride's family lives in Florida, you know, like yeah. Asheville is like a middle midway point for a lot of places. That's too. true. It's that, or I have had brides where like they either as a couple lived here together and then have moved away, but they wanted to get married in Asheville or yeah. um, one of them lived here at, at one point and they wanted to yeah. come well, back here. A lot of summer camps. So yeah, Camp Pinnacle, yep. Camp Tonawanda, Camp 
Marywood, a camp. Uh, yeah, there's lots of camps that camp I know. Camp. I love those camp weddings. Oh, me too. I, yeah. um, what did I, oh, I interviewed Sheila Mraz uh-huh. the other day and she's been listening. She's a big listener of the podcast and she knows how much I love summer camp wedding venues. And she told me that she actually got married at a summer camp in Asheville. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I was like, that's so sweet. Like, cause she, how long ago was that? When, when did she do that? Oh, well, 15, 20 years ago, maybe. Okay. Cause it wasn't a, it was, that was not all the rage back then. That was a very unique uh, wedding 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah, exactly. Now it's yeah. for, I feel like all the New York millennial couples are like wanting to do camp. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love, as I said, it's, it's so it's fun. It's such a good idea, though, because you get all the people you love in one spot and you get to just like camp it up with them. Exactly. And, you know, one thing that uh, a couple did that got married to summer camp is they back rented out the lodging to their friends and family. Yeah. So at an affordable rate, because if you get a hotel in Asheville, it's what, 150 a night, 250? Oh, who knows what to, if you're doing it in October, it's more than that. So you know? what they did is they, I think they back rented maybe for like 200 a person for the whole weekend, you know, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or third, you know, and so uh, it made sense for both parties and it helped bring down the, the total cost of the wedding. As you know, the average wedding is like $23,000. So yeah. um, trying to, trying to make that trying to, if, you know, if you're trying to shrink <laughs> the total spend, that could be a good, good idea. But my favorite part about it is the activities and the being together through the whole weekend. Yes. So, I so agree. One couple that reached out to me, uh, at, who's getting married at Camp Pinnacle mm-hmm. was thinking about actually having the wedding on Friday night so that they could have the whole day Saturday to have fun. Oh, that's a fun idea. Yeah. I that's thought a so fun idea. If you think about it, people get in on Friday night, right? So they're getting in at, you know, three, four, five, six o'clock. So there's no activities really Friday night, but you could have a wedding. Um, yeah. Saturday, if you do have the wedding at three, four, five, six o'clock, you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to clean up by one or yeah. two. So That's by moving it to Friday, you kind of take advantage of that day when everyone's coming in, but you also make room for Saturday and Sunday as like entirely activity filled days, which oh, I just think it's so cool and, yeah, and fun. Um, did So did you get married in, in the area? I did. I did. So I got married 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. They'll be 14 in February. And, um, I knew enough about weddings to know I did not want to have to plan a full-on wedding. Um, I didn't want to spend the money that it would take to do it and just the stress of it. Um, So I got married at Zombra. Oh, sweet. The tapas restaurant. Yeah. Which back 14 years ago, that that was the hot that was the hot restaurant in town. And, um, I wanted it to feel like we were doing like a destination wedding in a different country. And I wanted it to be pretty intimate. Um, and I didn't want to have to worry too much about the decor or trying to transform a space because (laughs) the atmosphere would, was really important to me. And Uh I knew that I would have to do a lot to another space. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I think, you know, doing it in a restaurant makes a lot of sense because everything's it all was awesome. Oh my gosh. It was 80 people. 
we had a flamenco band. We had all the best food that, that Zombra's could offer. All yeah. the, the red wine was flowing. Like nice. it was amazing. <laughs> I would do it. I would still, I would do it again. I loved what, it. What time of the year was it? February. Okay. Which, by the way, I really encourage thinking about having an off-season wedding because your anniversary, like our anniversary is February 25th. Mm-hmm. It's a great time of year because it can be a little chilly, but sometimes it's not. But nothing is happening in the world in Feb- at the end of February. Like you can go travel and it's pretty mm-hmm. affordable and you know, you're not bumping up against holidays or other, um, other weddings, like busy (laughs) other weddings or busy times a year where it's just hard to do anything. And I do, I guess another tip I would give other couples is like, think about your like long-term, like what do you want your anniversary to look like? Because if you have your anniversary on Memorial day or, you know, other, other holidays, it's always going to be kind of competing with other things but if you can do it in an off time like february is our month Mm -hmm. and there's like nothing happening in february that's a good point yeah i didn't think about that um you know as i mentioned before we got on the podcast i have five weddings booked for may 22nd of next year Uh and imagine yeah i mean that's it's gonna be a big weekend for not only me but for all the couples getting married in Asheville. And yeah, you're competing with lodging, right? That's another yeah. thing. Your, your guests are competing with how many other, what, how many thousands of people? Like it's nuts. Yeah. So, uh, and I get, I get why they do it because you get, you know, it's like you get an extra, if you do it on a holiday, your guests get an extra day off of work and it makes sense to like, yeah. you know, for the travel portion. But I just encourage people to think long-term, like yeah. you're going to have that anniversary date for a long time. Well, I have two Halloween weddings this year. Yeah. I was like, are you guys really into Halloween? They're like, no, not really. It was just a Saturday in October. I'm like, that's your anniversary. <laughs> that's right. Forever. Like, thinking ahead. Thinking ahead. <laughs> I just find it. Yeah, it's you're right. Off season. My assistant's getting married in late February. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that because there's I'm not, I have there's no nothing. weddings. I have nothing. I'm not Dude, doing anything. It's the so, best. It's yeah. the best. And oftentimes like, since there's not a lot going on, you can, you can maybe get like off season deals with some of your vendors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's as much of a thing now, because honestly, Asheville doesn't have a season that's not busy. Like we're kind of busy year round now, but back 14 years ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would, I, I would give an off season discount, I think. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, we're not, I'm pretty much shut down from December to sure. March because most of us are, you know, there's not a lot happening. So I don't want to speak for all vendors that, that you could yeah. possibly get an off season discount, but some vendors would offer an off season discount. Totally. And it's just availability wise too. Right. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm the, the, my bookings are already like, I'm already fully booked for a few weekends in 2021. And if you really want a certain vendor going with off season would allow you to get them or the venue. I've had people, uh, I just talked to one of my couples, they're getting married on a Tuesday mm-hmm. or Monday because that's all the venue had available because of all the yeah. So if you're doing yeah. off season, it's much more likely that you could do a Saturday in February and not have a lot of competition. So that's right. Um, 
Well, Nikki, what else do you have in the works for the future? I know right, I, okay. I, I almost <laughs> asked you that in the beginning, um, but you know, what's going on for you in regards to expansion? You said you're about seven years in, um, so I love that you've been successful for that many years and love to hear what you have in the works for the future. Yeah, so because of COVID, um, our next door neighbor was Villagers, which is an awesome urban homestead shop that's been in West Asheville for I think a decade and um, maybe not quite, but almost a decade. They've decided to move online, their shop online. And so the space beside us became available during quarantine and um, we weren't really looking to expand, but the opportunity presented itself. And so now we have an additional space right next door to our old space. And um, it's expanded our storage in the back, which is really great. It's helping with organization. Mm -hmm. And um, we now have this beautiful, like 900 square foot, maybe 1,000 square foot um, space that's all bright white. And we are offering smaller events in here. And we are looking toward building some micro wedding packages so going a little a little harder on the venue side of things. A little bit. I mean, we do currently, we, you know, when we are allowed to gather more than 10 and 20 people inside <laughs> a space, we, um, we do offer our vintage warehouse for um, gatherings of 50 and under is, okay. is what we have been doing all these years. And so I wouldn't say in the past full-on weddings are a good fit for us just because we have a warehouse full of beautiful vintage items that can maybe be hard to have a full-on wedding around. Yeah. Um, but we, we're a great spot for rehearsal dinners and gathering parties and, you know, baby showers and bridal showers and that kind of thing. Um, but with our new space, it's, it'll be a great spot for bridal showers and smaller sh smaller showers like that. But, um, yeah, we're going to try and hit like the 10 person, 12 person, uh, micro wedding in here. Yeah. Well, that's definitely um, a trend. I mean, as we've, we've noticed a lot of events have become much smaller and, yeah. um, and you charge by the hour there, right? Or we do. To, to mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know I've been to a party there. It was smash events, um, annual party yeah. party. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually brought my truck to that. I remember. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a long That was almost two years ago. I know. I know. A lot has happened in those two years. Goodness. Um, so, so I love that you're expanding, um, moving, moving forward with things. That's great. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about either your business or weddings in Asheville or anything else that you think is relevant to the podcast? Oh, goodness. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what else would I want to share? Um, Maybe, yeah. I mean, we talked a little bit about advice for couples with the vendors, but any other tips you have about Asheville specifically, because it's not Charleston <laughs> and it's not Charlotte, you know, like it's a different beast of a wedding market. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, like, for example, I tell people, hey, if all your guests are coming from Florida and don't know what a mountain is, and then they all rent cars and try and drive. Oh, right. 
in October <laughs> when it's rainy, you know, what I, like that, that's kind of yeah. what I talk, talk to people maybe about, but, uh, I don't know. I would just say like plan ahead. I, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just because of the times we're living in right now, but I think for some reason have so many people like it is, September, late, like mid September right now. Mm -hmm. I've had so many people contacting me about their October wedding for this year. I'm like, what? (laughs) We're like three weeks out. What are are we talking about? Um, There's just been a lot of last minute stuff, which is fine. I guess I'm just more surprised by it than anything because it's never, I've never experienced that. Yeah. Really. But I guess maybe a tip I would say too is, um, since we're all sort of scrambling to find new dates for our clients from 2020 for their new 2021 date, I would say any person who is looking to book something in 2021, not to wait too long because our slot, all of our slots are filling up fast yeah, and uh, we're not going to have as much availability maybe as we've had in the past because a lot of us aren't, our years already like pretty full because uh, it was all of our 2020 people. Exactly. And yeah, I've, I, you said that people have been reaching out for October. I had someone reach out for next weekend. Yeah. For four days. Yeah. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, we need to order. Like, what, and so I called them. They didn't, they didn't pick up. And I'm like, all right, well, I sent them an email and they scheduled a call for tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm like, so the the calls on Wednesday, the weddings on Saturday. I'm like, I don't know how I'm how I'm gonna help you, but we'll jump, yeah. up, jump on the phone. I just, mean, we'll do what we can. We will do what we can. Yeah. We are here to help, and we will do what we can. But my goodness. Exactly. Um, well, I'm so glad that you know you're moving forward with everything, and I love I love the expansion, and uh, can't wait to see the space when you're done with it. Maybe I can have a birthday party there. Maybe I can. <gasps> <that>. <laughs> Fun. When's your birthday? Uh, it was in June, June sixth. Right. Yeah. I wasn't able to come. Oh yeah, it's okay. I yeah, I might because we just had a little space, a little outside gathering. I know. I wanted to. I can't remember why I couldn't, but I want to do something. Bit. I want to do like live music. Both trucks out pouring different beverages. Not, not yeah. well. I have three now, but having two trucks out, um, I want to have it like just be a really fun party to invite all my couples, uh, past and present and future, yeah. you know, and then all the wedding vendors that I know and, uh, just have it be a really fun time. Maybe, uh, maybe a wedding venue with a lot of property might want to, um, sponsor that. Maybe, we'll maybe see. turn it into a, like, uh, you know, a wedding industry. Yeah, thing. there is, there is, um, you know, there, there, there was an annual Asheville wedding, industry party. I know. Uh, I'm sad we don't get to go. That hasn't, yeah, that hasn't happened. And I miss all the, I miss all, all the wedding people. I just haven't seen uh, very many people. We haven't done any networking since, I mean, uh, there's nothing even in the winter time before all this. (laughs) No. So yeah. I I know because we were, we were all just sort of gearing up like, okay, we're going to get geared up for our spring. (laughs) That's half the reason why I started this podcast because it was March and I'm like, I don't even see anyone. No, I'm glad you did. It's such a good, it just, it makes sense. I'm glad you did it. It's yeah, a good fit. Too. It's been fun. And it's, uh, I, I hope that, you know, people find it useful. Um, I've had a couple wedding planners who have been on it actually get business from it. Cool. So, you know, I, I try and remind people that 
who, who do join. It's like, hey, you could get um, business off of it. So it's fun yeah. for me to learn about the industries, talk more about weddings and such. And mm-hmm. uh, I just feel like having a more informed clientele is better for all of us. So for sure, it be a resource for, for couples, but also just for other vendors to get to know each other through the podcast, you know, is a, is a fun, a fun thing as well. So, Ooh, well then maybe you should, you'll, you could, you could tag your birthday onto it, but you could have a, like a podcast, like party, like, you know, <laughs> at the, at, you know, oh, like in March. Record, record like a group. April. Party? Well, no, it'd be a, it'd be an in-person party, like, you know, with your two tracks and then you could maybe have your other people who've been on and they, we could all, oh, all, all the bring people have been on the podcast. Yeah. We'll all just yes. have a big party. Yeah. I'm down. I miss I've, everybody. I want to gather with people again. I'm just like, um, oh, no. I, yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah. Two parties next year is what I'm going <laughs> to shoot for. So it'll be fun. Nikki, thank you so much for being on Pistons and Prosecco. I look forward to seeing you in person sometime. Um, Until then, you know, I hope you have a great fall season. As I said, this will be published in December. So, uh, (laughs) happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Oh, thanks again, Nikki. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thanks. You too.